wheels make me wanna Shout. kick your heels. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois, after the bye week, the Bills back at home, 31-21 over the hapless Miami Dolphins. I'm Lars. Joining me today, the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton is here. Hey, hey, hey. And back from the obesity conference, it's Sujit. I'm back, I'm fat, and I touched all the knobs, and it sounds so good. So this was not a, the final score made it look like this was, would have been a fun game to watch. For the most part, it wasn't a fun game to watch, and we'll get into all of the nitty-gritty about it. Thanks so much for listening. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your loved ones, tell everybody you know in Bill's Nation how you found this podcast. Special shout-out to Amber and Scott. Yeah, Amber and Scott from Omaha, Nebraska, in yep. Chicago for their company, uh, his company's 20-year anniversary. They flew them all into Chicago. That's pretty cool. Hell yeah. Well, they found their way to Lincoln Station. They are podcast listeners. They introduced themselves, and they got themselves a free Labatt. You find yourself in town, please do the same. We're at Lincoln Station. Folks, let's not waste any more time. But, hey, well, one last thing. If you're like Amber and Scott and you enjoy this podcast, give us a five-star rating. All five, baby. Give me I, all five fingers. I joke, face. I joke that we uh, have begun soliciting for that and nothing happened. Turns out it has. We've actually gotten quite a nice, quite a few nice reviews. So if you've done that, thank you. But let's stop wasting everybody's time. Let's talk about this win over the Miami Dolphins. Y'all so lovely. Make me wanna. 31-21 was the final, but it was not all pretty. Most of the first half, not even remotely pretty. We'll talk about all the things that were great about today's game in due time. But before we do, Cass, starting with you. Lots of names to choose from today. Jenny Cremel, bummer of the contest. So I have an honorable mention, and I'm doing this on behalf of Jeff Day, Suji, and myself. And it goes to Lars and Jeremy White and basically every single person in Bill's Nation that was like, oh, there's nothing to worry about. We're going to win this game. 17-point spread. We're going to kill them. Like, fuck all of you people. Because I deserve the right to get nervous and to be nervous and to be the fan that I am. And you guys all tried to convince me, oh, don't be nervous. You know what? The first half really friggin' sucked. Not for the reasons you said it would. What? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick played a great first half. No, He's he the did reason. Not. He's the reason they were in the game in the first half. Yes. Lars, don't give me that look. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick, besides his one We pick, were in the game, Cassie, because we couldn't score a touchdown. They were in the game because we couldn't stop getting penalties. Uh, because Ryan Fitzpatrick was making completed passes. I'm talking about throws. the offense. I, I, but Ryan Fitzpatrick was 10 of 12 at some interval for like 100 and something yards and a touchdown. So there's no question that he was moving them down the field when he had the ball. We There's plenty of reasons why we did not play. nothing to do with Ryan time. Fitzpatrick. That's completely false. Yeah, he also that. scored the touchdown at the end of the game that put them, you know, potentially within scoring distance. So I, I, I am with Cassie. Every, we, every year. Okay, year, fine, great. Let's all just be Bills fans that, that – Bury our heads in the sand. Don't Bills. No. No, 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 no. Turning you off. Turning you off. Okay, we get the point. We get the point. Oh, my God. Let's just sit here and be worried all the time and wring our hands. Oh, God, we're Bills fans and everything always goes wrong for the Bills. Oh, my God. It's Tuesday through Thursday. I'm just sitting at work shaking my pants thinking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. No. Don't be that person. Our team is fine. Quiet. I'm talking. Our team is 5-1. and this is the first time since 2008 they've been 5-1. This will be the first time in a long time that they will need less than 10 games to get the six wins. This is a good team. Stop getting nervous about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm, I'm allowed to be the no. fan that I am. No, stop being Sorry. scarred. Sorry. Yep. You Sorry. Know, nope. I, I, nope. I, I, you no, you guys are both done. I'm switching you off. Turn the microphone off. You're done. You you're done. I'm gonna, I'll unplug the damn thing. No, you two, listen to me. This goes to everybody in Bill's Nation. I'm sick of this. I am sick of this. Get it together. Snap out of it. This isn't the Dick Duran Bills. This isn't the Chan Gailey Bills. It's not the Doug Marone Bills. It's not the Rex Ryan Bills. 
It's not the Mike Malarkey Bills. It's not the Greg Williams Bills. This is the... They, they, they made the playoffs. Sean McDermott Bills. And they're... No. We've heard everything you've had to say. We've heard it. Fine. Get back on the mic. But I'm sick of it. Enough. Is it the ultra-conservative play calling at yes. the end of a half Sean McDermott Bills? Because yes. they didn't help us at all either. No, I was just going to say. There That's are my Jenny There Don't are plenty of things to fret about on the Sean McDermott Bills. But having a letdown against a player like Ryan Fitzpatrick ain't one of them. It was not worth worrying about. We won this game by 10 points. I, I rest my well, it's, yeah. it was, so what was the what was the consequence? I'm just saying that it you, we should not assume that we are going to have a 17 point spread. Like both everybody on the radio is like, oh, we're totally we might uh, even go past the 17 I, point I spread. I would not There's in a million no years. Reason. I would not have put money on that 17. No, oh yeah, okay, okay. So, but I think that's what we're getting at is that okay, you know, this offense has not proven its ability to really score a lot of points. And this defense is going to have some moments where it slips. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, every once in a while, plays a game out of his fucking mind. Now, it wasn't he, today. It wasn't today. I'm not. I, and it was. And, and, and it was. And, and it the, was never. No, it could not the, have been. It would never have been against this defense at home after the bye. It was not going to happen. No, it, they would not. He wouldn't have been able to sustain it. Is what is what largest thing. And I think that's Ryan probably Fitzpatrick, true. When Ryan Fitzpatrick plays out of his head, he throws for like 450 yards and five touchdowns. That was not going to happen. He had a pedestrian effort today. Yeah. Fantastic. He finished with, like, what, 282 no, yards? Yeah, most of that was garbage. But I think that had he played like he did in the first half, in the second half, we would have been a little bit more but concerned. But he didn't. But I know, and, and that's that's and the Ryan Fitzpatrick. Going to. So he was, this was not one of Ryan Fitzpatrick's Fitzmagic games. I, I, I agree with you. But I don't love the... Oh, it's just Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick was like lighting the league on fire That's over Tampa Bay. That's not what right? this was. I know. I'm Lars, shut the. I'm turning off your mic. Okay. <laughs> so I get that. I'm turning your mic back on because that just fucked up to do. Um, but uh, the the point is, is that this is the same Ryan Fitzpatrick that occasionally does play out of his mind. Did he today? No, absolutely not. But this game was closer than it needed to be because we slipped up. We were a little rusty coming out of the bye, and I think that's fine. But I don't think that it's smart for us to take. I certainly hope the players, and I don't think the players did take the attitude that a lot of fans said, that there's no reason we should even worry about the Miami Dolphins. You know, like these teams are desperate. They do shit. Like go on it, uh, you know, with like the, the uh, a fake field goal. Um, and it, and who knows, you know? I mean, we have a uh, offensive, a defensive coordinator that worked with Brian Dable in the Patriots. So, anyways, I think our point is <laughs> what Cassie's just trying to say is that let's maintain a humble confidence, right? That we and Lars's any point team. is don't say things, huge, and we have you on record saying I'm scared shitless of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I am. Don't, I don't say I that. I didn't say that I wasn't Enough. a broken person, okay? I am a broken person, and I'm okay Enough. with that. So... Uh, Your Jenny Cremel. My actual Jenny Cremel. Um, again, third quarter, Buffalo Bills. Oh, what the hell? Again, it's been the offense in the third quarter. This time it was the defense in the third quarter. They put on like a 10-minute. Like, until, uh, until it suddenly wasn't. Correct, correct. But yeah. like the first 10 minutes of that quarter was all Dolphins. We Literally. couldn't do shit to stop them. And like I, I just coming out of half, what – what are they doing? Like, we got to do the opposite of it, right? Like, something's got to change because that is not – it's not working. No, but to – again – You can't do four quarters of it, right? You, but, and then, but then the offense comes out, and most of the 98-yard drive was at the, in the third quarter. So, yep. usually it's been the offense that comes out and craps all over itself to start the third quarter. I, I, I'm, usually it's – well, let's – yes. We did I, a lot – go ahead. I don't, what I – what this is, is representative of, and I don't know people have kids or when I used to babysit, right? I used to babysit these two adorable little boys. But I swear, every single time, one of them would be like, I'm going to be the good one, you be the bad one. <laughs> I swear, like every single time. And I, I didn't know who it was. And I almost wanted to be like, which one of you is it going to be today? But like, that's what the Bills did. Like the third quarter, like the offense is like, ooh, we're going to be good this time. You guys are going to suck. Like, why? 
Sure yeah, seems that I way. I mean, it, but it's hard to say that this defense has ever been the bad one, right? Like, they give up a – I mean, this this is the first time they've ever shown cracks, right? All the And the, the, the saddest thing, the thing that was most frustrating is that it's against this horrible fucking Miami team, right? You kept seeing the stat come across the TV that said, oh, this is the first time that Miami has scored in the first quarter. This is the first time that Miami's had the lead for longer than – this is the biggest lead that Miami's ever had. It's like, it's like, God damn it, really? Against our defense? That's the defense that they're able to do this again? So, you know, whatever. The, the You know, the – Cards fall, and sometimes they don't fall your way. But um, it, by the end of the game, the defense was the defense, right? This sick, sick, sick defense. Um, I wasn't too thrilled about the last drive where Fitzpatrick ended up scoring, but but because I, he was whiffed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was whiffed, right? But um, and also just some of the stupid stoppages. But uh, getting back, I well, want to talk yeah, about my yeah, my Jenny Cremel bummer, uh, which is the fucking conservative play calling. At the end of a half, specifically the clock and, management. Yeah, the clock management. Um, you know, at at the end of the second half, we weren't playing well. We needed a spark, and we weren't getting the ball at the beginning of the second half. And we ran the ball. We didn't take. We had, uh, I think, three minutes and two timeouts, and we did jack. We didn't with call that a timeout ball. before. We the didn't punch. call a timeout. We let the clock run out. We said, you know what? We're just we're scared of the fucking Miami Dolphins doing something. Um, and then that process repeated itself in the fourth quarter in a different circumstance, but still this, where we go into this shell with five minutes left and we run the ball three three times, run the ball three times and not even creative runs, just like run it up the middle. Um, and I just, I don't get, you know, and and then what happened now we're suddenly in a position where, uh, Miami can kick a uh, onside field, uh, onside kick and potentially get the ball again. It just, it, 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 I don't understand it. We are, they were talking on WGR this morning, how we're actually a pass-happy team. Our pass-to-run ratio is higher than most teams, other than, I think, Kansas City. And so why are we afraid to throw the ball? Even like, you know, one yard out, two yards out, screen pass, that type of thing, when it comes to the end of the uh, end of the uh, half. Or, well, or just, I just don't understand why that, we go that, into our shells sometimes. That three straight runs with five minutes to go in the game. Terrible. So... The, you know, the, the announcers were giving McDermott credit for making Miami burn their timeouts. Hey, you can do two things at once. Because if you're getting first downs and keeping the ball in the field, they're still burning those timeouts. And you still have the ball. Instead, we just gave up. And the only objective was to burn those timeouts. And then, for the rest of the time, McDermott's just waving his arm on, on the sidelines like a madman. Like, oh, keep the clock running, keep the clock running. It's like, dude... How about we just not? How about we don't freak out around the margins and just do the big things that would just put the put the boot in and their we throat and this thing? We weren't having trouble getting first downs. That's the crazy thing. Like, I understand running, but you don't have to run Gore up the middle twice. You know, you can do you can be creative and 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 and, and do something a little bit different. Throw a screen pass. Throw to Cole Beasley underneath. He was clearly pissed that he wasn't getting the ball enough. You know, and just get it to a first and five, and then run run Frank Gore. You know, do conservative things, or just say, I don't care, Josh, if you take a sack. I really don't care if you take a sack in this situation. It's the same as a run. But if you see someone open, by all means, go for it. Yeah. We we trust you with the ball. That's why we let you pass so much. But that not calling timeout before the punt at the end of the first half. Yeah. And then we just kind of farted around. Punted it back to them, I think, or lined up to do so, and then just went into the went into the locker room. So essentially, what happened there was 13 minutes plus however much time Miami ran off before that, where your offense didn't have the ball. Yeah. And assuming that the Dolphins ran off two minutes or more in the in the time leading up to the punt, that's an entire quarter. Of football because it you, also, didn't, you didn't want to do anything. It just shows a lack of confidence or a lack of like having some balls to do anything. I just it, don't it, get it. In a game like we said, if we if we felt so confident that we are better than Miami and we shouldn't have been scared, the way they played in those two possessions, they played like they were scared. So I, I have something written down here. Uh, I had Dawson Knox written down as a, um, and I had penalties written down as well. But I, yeah. I, w- I want to stay on the subject for a second because one of the things that we've been calling for, specifically around this scenario, is you've got a quarterback who can throw the ball 70 yards. So if you're just going to punt it out to end the half, why not just let him chuck it up down the field? 
you know, worst case scenario, it's a long punt for an interception. Okay, great, we're right back to zero. Or you get a PI, yep. or the guy catches it. But, Jenny Cremail bummer, the odds of the guy catching it seem pretty goddamn low right now. Josh Allen overthrew Andre Roberts by about 11 yards, and that's not an exaggeration. When Andre Roberts had the guy, the closest defender, by three steps, he overthrew John Brown by another two or three yards when John Brown had his guy by three steps. He has not connected. I mean, anybody within the sound of my voice knows this by now. I mean, this is painfully obvious to anybody. He hasn't connected on a throw that's traveled more than 30 yards through the air yet this year, has he? No, he, and it doesn't even look, it just looks way off. Like nothing looks like it's in, like he knows the timing or where the players are going to be or anything. It just looks like a freaking worse than a Hail Mary. At least I feel like for sometimes with Hail Mary, you at least get it close. It's just, it looks really, really bad. I have a question. Is it possible that these passes that he's trying to make are just really, really far? Like, they're not, they're not like, you know, we see, because he, remember, he makes throws look effortless, right? NFL players make the, th the throws he makes. The, yeah, I the, mean. The throw to John Brown wasn't, the throw to Andre Roberts kind of would be, but it's not right. like prohibitively long yeah, for an I, NFL For the Andre Roberts one, something makes me think he was throwing that away because it was so far off. It he wasn't even all close. the time in the world. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't explain it, but you're right. I mean, we're not. he's not connecting on that. I think that he's spending a shit ton of time on timing passes, on underneath passes, and trying to develop that part, and he's getting better at that. But, yeah, I mean, maybe you have to practice it more to be great at it, no matter how, how good you are. I mean, it's, it's going to be a topic of conversation this week. Yeah. I mean, I want to talk about your other Jenny Cremel bummer, which is the penalties. Um, what's the name of the big-bodied receiver that Miami has? Williams, something with a P. P. Williams. Preston Williams. Preston Williams. We had 83 yards of penalties. Preston Williams has 82 yards of catching. Us eliminating penalties is the equivalent of that guy being eliminated from the game, right? I mean, that is just it. That's just painful. And the other thing is, there was the the crappy penalties that. Eliminate. It's, I mean, we only count for the penalties that get marked off, right? Like it's a ten-year, ten-yard hold. It doesn't count the penalties that were taken away from the play, you know. And so it's just. I mean, that. I mean, man, I didn't expect us to be that rusty coming out of the bye, but we were very rusty today, especially in the first half. Yeah. I. So, you know, again, I, for the most part, I think that Sean McDermott's doing a great job with this team. The conservative clock management drives me nuts. And then we do something like we did against New England where we blow, we have, we're down to one timeout with 11 minutes to go in the third quarter. You know, like, it seems to be pretty inconsistent. And it's, it's the kind of thing where, like, you don't have to be a genius of the game. We, I think we talked about it, Cass. Like, just play a lot of Madden. And you'll, you'll learn real quick about clock management. Okay? It, this, is not, this is not hard stuff. But he is ultra conservative when it comes to clock management. And we keep eking out these wins great grand i guess it's working kind of but it shouldn't have to be this difficult all the time it, and it wouldn't have to be if, if we just i mean it's demoralizing when the team that you're going up against scores right before the half you know you go into the half with a bad taste in your mouth even if it's just a field goal the patriots used to do that to us all the time we'd score and we're like oh there's only like two and a half minutes left no, they wouldn't necessarily score a touchdown, but they would do just enough 10-yard pass, 10-yard pass, 10-yard pass until they get to the, the field goal range and then they kick a field goal. And those three points make a difference. And to your point, like he's been, Josh Allen's been good at the underneath stuff and the over-the-middle stuff, and that's what's wide open. That's what defenses give up during these two, three-minute drills. I, I, I don't know. Let's not dwell. We won. We're 5-1. and one. It was a win. There was no need to there shit our pants over some... Ryan Fitzpatrick ever. <laughs> Except when he, we should. <laughs> At no point was this game out of reach. We won. Five yes. and one. By definition, that is accurate. We have two home games over the next two weeks. So we're in a good spot. We also scored a bunch of touchdowns on offense. Right? We scored three touchdowns on offense. That's not bad. Two. I thought he ran for one, too. Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, I swear to God, I watched the game. The bad blue MVP of today's game. Cass, we'll start with you. Um, we've talked about him a little and how he's quietly having a really, really good season, but that is going to be none other than Mr. Smoke, Mr. Smoke Show, John Brown. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, he's just – I know we talk about how we need a number one wide receiver and that we don't have that, but – 
God, this guy's playing like a number one, or at least he's trying to. He's certainly putting up the numbers of a number and, one. And, and he's what is amazing, and what I and I got knock on wood because just watch this come back to bite me in the butt next next week. But he also makes catches and doesn't drop the ball. Like he is a sure-handed go-to like wide receiver. That that touchdown was amazing. Like, Allen just slipping it right through there. And what did, what did, what did Josh Brown do? He was solid. Like, we always complained about Zay Jones. Like, he never looked like he was solidly making a catch. But John Brown, I mean, he is everything of that. And God, I love him. I am so excited. And he's, having, he's, he's exactly what we need. And if we can get the, a, a bigger number one target, then, I mean, he's, he could even do more. Well, I think that uh, bigger target is Duke Williams, who, who was reliable again today, two catches. Unfortunately, he hurt his shoulder in the 28-yarder. But um, and again, a lot of players and That's coaches of some cortisone can't fix. They love some Zay Jones, but for whatever reason, Duke Williams in two quarters of play as a Buffalo Bill is way more effective than Zay Jones. It, and in a couple of those plays, uh, running plays with Gore, he was blocking down the field. He made a couple key blocks to keep Gore going. And Josh Allen, I think it was you that Oh, noted. yeah, yeah, it was Josh Allen. Like, yeah. he was downfield putting great blocks on. So I'm going to backdoor my uh, Labatt Blue MVP and give it to Matt Milano uh, because, yeah, uh, this defense, especially the— We ru- missed you, buddy. That you're both a Labatt Blue and a uh, Jenny Cremel because your absence was so bad. Especially against the run today. Part of me thinks keeping him out of the lineup and then perhaps— and Again, this is just— the rampant optimist in me here um, that maybe we just gave him a vanilla look because you know we got the Eagles next week and then we get some tougher games coming up so hey let's just let's just do the bare minimum against the Miami Dolphins at home after the bye week and it almost bit us in the ass but it didn't and I think it never really was going to but yeah the run defense today was really bad um, or at least a lot worse than it's been very much so very much it's just it, it was uncharacteristically bad Missed tackles, bad gaps, you know, that type of thing. And you're right. I mean, so Trey, uh, uh, sorry, Edmonds fills one one gap, right? And Milano was supposed to fill the other, right? And, and I think that's where we're seeing it. Um, Maurice but, Alexander was the... Yeah, and I think that, I mean, he got exposed quite a few times, yeah, you know? I mean, and and he's, not, he's not the guy. He's not like a fast cover linebacker the way that Milano can be, so... So coming to you then, Suge, you know, there's one name out here. This guy single-handedly won us the game today. Nobody's mentioned me yet. So, Suge, coming to you now. Wow. Um, really? can I, okay, can I, but can I give an honorable mention? I know I was going to – I mean, that's obviously it's a softball, right, that Trey White is yes. the, by far everybody's Labatt Boo player of the game. Um, there's no question. But, you know, there's a couple of honorable mentions that I want to get to before because I will talk loads about Trey. But um, I want to give an honorable mention for pers- – perseverance for Levi Wallace like the guy got beat up a lot right and he was going against a receiver that he didn't have a chance with right but you know he still made a couple plays and there was you know he stopped that critical touchdown he pushed the guy out of bounds and so he you know he kind of stuck with it and it's not like the guy was getting beat he was on the guy on on that receiver what Williams or whatever um but you know I want to give that but let's talk about Trey you're right like that's that's my one moment that I felt bad for Levi because I felt like he was getting picked on but, uh, but Trey, man, what an under, underappreciated cornerback in the NFL. And they finally said it on, on the broadcast that, like, that you know, this, there's got to be some discussion about Trey White as being, you know, one of the top cornerbacks in the, in, in, in the, uh, in the NFL. Uh, you know, between the pick, obviously, uh, which was an incredible play on the ball, right? They talked about it on the, on, on the broadcast, which actually I didn't hate the broadcast And also, today. by the way, stop the bleeding. Yeah, we we could have been right. down twenty-one to nine. That was that was the play of the game. That was the turning point. Um, Stopped a ten-minute drive for Christ you know sake. body control, stayed in bounds, all of those things, and then he showed Levi Wallace what you do with a big receiver, right? Because when the number eighteen caught that ball, Trey can't Trey can't get in the way. He can't stop him, from, but he can punch it out of his gut, yeah. right? And so that's what you do sometimes with a big receiver. Shit, we did it with Kelvin Benjamin all the time, right? So. Um, I thought that I mean he's just he's a, he's just an amazing player. Well said. Um, well, we had at least one course. Well, we had one correspondent at the game today. Um, we'll try to get him here on the line. So let's not dwell too much more. 
it was like I said, you know, not 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 the outcome. I think we we're well. It was the outcome we were looking for. It wasn't the wasn't the means to the ends. We got 31 points, thanks in large part to we haven't mentioned it yet. Michael Hyde's insane. Uh, that was amazing. Take that, Danny Carlson. That was a that was a crazy play. It was so it was beautiful more than anything else. It was like the ballet. It was like the pirouette. I mean, it was and a the turn jumping and like there was such catch. grace and then just and ran untouched. Like I cried a little bit. It was so beautiful. I, I mean, I don't know if that's the play of the game. Maybe that's the play that put the game away. I mean, it's the highlight. It we is got, the highlight. Of the we game. got the thirty-one points. We got the win. Five and one. Next week, we got the Eagles coming to town. Let's see. Let's see which of our correspondents here we can get on the line. Keep this train uh, moving. Go Bills! Squish that. Well, that sound means it's time for Tacos Calientes. It's Tacos Caliente. Arriba! I want some taquitos. As we all know, Tacos Calientes is Tex-Mex for hot takes. And here with his Tacos Calientes, all the way from Austin, Texas, although today, all the way from Orchard Park, New York, is Jammin' Jeff Day, who had a uh, good view of the game uh, in the, the, the Day family suite. So, Jeff, what do you got for us today? I'll tell you what, all the way from the 300 section, baby. Me and the uh, me and the people of Buffalo. What were you doing in the 300 section, you you popper? Did you enjoy the game at Lincoln Station today? Yeah, we did. We sure did. We yeah. sure did. It was beautiful. Although, I'd like to say yeah. just a little bit of a something here that uh, I think Jeff might be stoned, but uh, but that. I, you know, love watching the game with you guys at Lincoln Station. I love having uh, Jay here. Uh, I love it, you know, when our families come and then they take off. But I think I like it more when they eventually leave because of the fact that then we can just focus and be Bills fans. I had a couple friends that came in this week, and um, the let's Bills just, sucked ass while they were let's here. Let's just say things improved the moment they locked. I mean, the door. literally the moment they walked off. And I love all three of these. In- well, actually, I don't only know two of them, but... I do, you know, care and deeply, and they're good friends for two of those individuals. But sweet Jesus, there was a point at that, going, especially as going into the second half, I was like, "When y'all gonna go home? When y'all gonna <laughs> leave?" So I'm over. I'm over inviting people to Lincoln Station. I want to watch with yeah. you four, and maybe Jeff, and maybe Bill. Not maybe, but definitely those two, and nobody else. Like I don't want to fuck with anybody else because they all want to talk. Like the, the play is about to start, and you want to talk to me? Yeah. Have you lost your entire fucking mind? And I've I've seen Suge in these situations. I know what a powder cake it could be. I was like, oh boy, we're one more question away from this getting really ugly. I mean, that feels like an appropriate intro from Suji, who was bar none the main topic of conversation at the Day family table last night for dinner. Oh, oh, no. oh go on, <laughs> go on. Let's start talking about Calientes right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, give me that hot take. take. Hot take number one. I mean. Mrs. Day was uh, I was I was in her presence and we were talking about the uh, the podcast and you know we were we were commenting on Suchit's uh, 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 looseness of the of the uh, curse words that you know that you know upsets Mrs. Day, my mother. You do so, know that uh, swear words are a sign of intelligence. I saw it on Facebook. It must be true. She she likes the intelligent use of swear words and and her opinion is that you know Suchit uses them a little too freely. Am I That's am fair. I in the clear? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I will say I think Lars, Kathy, myself, and Bill are all in the clear because you keep taking the blame for us all. <laughs> That's fine. I use my intelligent so, voice way too much already. Okay, this is my moment to use my non-intelligent voice. No, we love it. We so it was it was uh, it was a fun day in Western New York. Beautiful day. Yeah. Uh, you know, 62, 63 degrees, sunny. Couldn't ask for more. Um, I mean. Good God, you guys must have felt the uh, same stress that we did in the stadium. Absolutely. Had nothing to do with Ryan Fitzpatrick, though. <laughs> so, so, Jeff, talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, it sounds like prior to, to this call-in segment that y'all have had a little bit of an opportunity to, to discuss the, um, the the point of view that Cassie, myself, maybe Sujit, I don't know where you Yes, came I was there. there. Remember I said I was yes. scared shitless that, that of Ryan we Fitzpatrick. Shared that, yes, yes, yes. They were all a little bit nervous of, of Ryan uh, vacillates between Hall of Famer slash perennial backup, and today he came out with his perennial Hall of Fame uh, uh, attitude 
Um, and I'm sure Lars had a thousand reasons why that was not the reason it was close. But it certainly didn't make it any less scary for us Bills fans um, in attendance. I think both the team as well as the fans, all of us included, came out flat in the first quarter. And I think it was because we all expected this to be an easy win. Yeah. The fans were late arriving, very late arriving. It was a beautiful day in Western New York. The fans really didn't arrive until almost halfway through the first quarter. Wow. Huh, I think everyone was I think everyone was a little bit surprised by what was transpiring. And we kept saying to ourselves, oh, 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 it'll change, it'll change, it'll change. All of a sudden, it's halftime. We're down 14-9. And, and the fans, I don't know if you can hear it on the broadcast, but, you know, the team was good going into halftime. Good. You know, which is, which is, which is unusual for a 4-1 team, but well-deserved in this <laughs> instance. Right? I, I agree with you completely. I was happy they were booing. But, you know, they get they have to point a little finger at themselves with the booing if they're if they're only showing up halfway through the first quarter. But but I agree. I think there was a level of overconfidence uh, with this team and with, uh, with, with their opponent that I think was unjustified. I don't think that the players had that same level of overconfidence, um, I, I mean, it's, which almost makes it inconsequential, right? Like, well, who cares what yeah. we think, right? But yeah. by the same token... We shouldn't have been shocked, right? Yeah. Desperate teams play desperate ways, right? Um, but, but I think that that uh, we would have been foolish to think that anything else would have happened. I don't think this offense has ever proven its ability to, to be big big time. Uh, our defense, and our defense, you know, you have to every once in a while regress to the mean, as Lars likes to say. So, yeah. um, so I mean, they're still an elite defense. They're an absolutely, and they played that way in the second half. But, uh, you know, I just think that, we're going to have these games, and until our offense becomes high-powered, you know, we're always going to be within range. I feel like this is a good opportunity for me to interject that, yes, I did have a thousand reasons why there were other things going on, and Ryan Fitzpatrick's performance today just exacerbated those reasons. But yes. they were the reasons why this game was close and not because of him. But what else you got for us, Jeff? No, so, you know, a few things that I would mention just being there in attendance today – um, uh, uh, first of which was, um, you know, Josh Allen, th th this is, it's funny because I think as Bills fans, it's going to be interesting over the next 10 years to see how this kid develops. Yeah. This is what this Bills team, at least in this year, does. It ain't pretty. It ain't always great. But when the plays matter... Josh Allen has proven himself to be a guy that can make it when the plays matter. He has now extended his record to 9-1 and one when only committing one two turnover or less. He's now had five second-half comebacks this year. Um, and it wasn't Remember, that's out of six games, guys. Six games. <laughs> yeah. His, his worst throw. he should have had six. I don't, you guys, I don't know if you guys saw this on the broadcast. By far, his worst throw was either late in the third or early in the fourth. He had Andre Roberts yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for an easy. Okay. He had Andre Roberts for an easy touchdown. The guy beat him by a couple seconds. That was his worst throw of the game. Um, and we're, we're going to pick up. We're going to talk about that. And it's true. He needs to make that play. But... While Ryan Fitzpatrick throws the interception on the two-yard line, which would have changed this game entirely, yeah, you know, uh, 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 Josh Allen throws the, the the touchdown to Cole Beasley on, on the three-yard line, and this is not a team that wins pretty. We have we are five and one. We have not won a single game pretty. Um, but I think that we all, the four of us and the five of us, including Bill, the biggest difference between this team. And at halftime in the stadium, you felt it, which was, oh, Josh Allen will bring us back. No worries. We I mean, got isn't this. that crazy? Isn't yeah, that just insane? This. And we talked about this in the Patriots game. We we are all convinced that if he doesn't get injured, we're going to win that game. We're convinced. For right, wrong, or indifferent, we are all convinced that we would have won that game. It's, it's not even, like, debatable. It's no, we would have won that game. We would have won. Yeah, that's how we feel, and that means a lot. And I will say, you know, just a couple other comments. Um, you know, I mean, what do you want to say about Trey White? He finally had a, a really impactful game. The interception, the the the, uh, the fumble, um, the the, uh, the caused fumble. Um, you know, he had a game. Levi Walsh was picked on throughout the game. 
Um, and, and again, we, we, we would have had our 14th consecutive game of holding the opponent to under 250 yards if it were not for the garbage time passes. So as much as we want to pick on the defense a little bit today, they yet again held uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins and the opponent to under 250 yards less the garbage time 30-yard pass when we were in, you know, triple prevent defense. I, yeah, I don't know if I quite call those garbage, though. Because when they scored, they were they were down no, by a, had, a score. No, they, they were at 31-21, he had a long completion up the field. Yeah, yeah, Cassie, I'm after. referring to after the Oh, high, after. after. Okay, the sorry, high. sorry. Thank you. So, so, it, was, it was funny because I was sorry. in the stadium, Cassie, and I was, I was sort of monitoring that. I was looking at it. And so after the high completion... Uh, I, I believe Fitzpatrick had 218 or 222 yards. I was looking at it because I was curious. And then, of course, he goes and completes that, you know, 35-yard pass. Um, I think he ended the game with 280 yards. But, um, you know, what can we what can we say about this Bills team? It's a, it's a we win ugly. That's what we do. That's what this team does. And, and I will say this: being in the stadium, just a little perspective from the stadium, please. The crowd, very, including all of us, very flat the whole first half. Very flat. I've been to a lot of Bills games. It was one of the flattest I've ever seen a crowd, and I think it was because we all expected to win. Coming out of the second half, I believe the crowd and all the fans realized, oh boy, we got to play our part in this. And the crowd came alive in the second half, and it was a marked difference in terms of the stadium uh, between the first half and the second half. Whether that made a difference, who knows? Jeff, I got a question. But it was certainly. Sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Just, what did the crowd wake up before the turnover, before Trey White's interception? Because we, as fans, just watching on TV, that was the moment. That was the moment that changed everything. But the first, that third quarter, you know, Cassie actually made third quarter again. Her one of her Jenny Cream males is that we were flat and we were just getting destroyed in the third quarter. Was the but were, were, was the fans kind of kind of pushing, 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 and then it happened, or was it after that turnover that it really changed? No, it's a good. You know, I, I will say I think actually right out of the half, Suji, the fans came. The fans came to play on that Dolphins first drive. But you know, the Dolphins moved the ball yeah. um, on that first drive, and then you know, credit to Trey Wright. I mean, that was the game-changing, not only the game-changing play, but the game-changing response. We got the ball on the two-yard line. We then went 98 yards, not only for the touchdown, but also for the two-point conversion. Yep. And it was very obvious to us in the stadium that Josh Allen was trying to throw the ball out of the stadium. Yeah. I don't know if you could see it on the oh, broadcast. Yeah. yeah, they mentioned it. They mentioned it. They said that he was trying to throw it into the press box. But I was like, no, I remember last year he was challenged by someone to throw out of the stadium. Well, we, we know he can't throw the deep ball, so next time maybe he'll hit it. Yeah, he was trying to throw the ball out of the stadium, and it was, and it was fantastic. That was the game-changing play not only in terms of the the output on the field but also the energy of the sideline um you know you could see the game and you could see the build the momentum and just everything changed at that play i mean and i think it was sort of fortuitous or serendipitous or whatever you want to call it that on trey white's interception his helmet came off and he was there and his little you know his and his headband came off and he was there and it was just like it was visually it was visually a moment in the game that you said this game is changing. Love it. You know, um, there's one thing, uh, Jeff, you had said, we play ugly. I think this is the one time that us being a small market team that no one actually really follows or knows a lot about is going to come into our benefit, right? Because people are going to look at our record, see five and one, see three or four highlights on the, the you know, the sports there's, there's coverage. There's another 31-point game. And, and they're going to be like, oh, man, the Bills the bills are for real. And, and I don't, I'm not saying that we all don't think that we're for real, but I think we're all cautiously optimistic. But I think this is the one time that, like, people not actually watching us, it's going to pop us to be, like, a, a better team than I think what we've been showing on the field. I mean, Cassie, I think you're right. And you, and you look at the NFL broadly. You know, the 49ers are undefeated. They beat the Redskins 9 nothing today. They scored nine points. Right, like this is not a Buffalo issue. This is not a Bills issue. This is this is in the National Football League. Eighty-five percent of games are decided by one score or less. That is the fact. And yes, the Bills are favored by sixteen and a half. Yes, the Dolphins are terrible. Yes, yes, yes. This, that, and the other. 
Yes. But the reality is most of the time these games are pretty close. And when it's your team, it feels like this great tragedy. But when you look around the league, it's happening all the time. That's right. The Jets beat the, 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 the Cowboys last week, right? Like, these things happen all the time. And the difference between good teams and shitty teams isn't did you win by 20 points or did you lose? It's did you win the game? Yep. It's just did you win the game? And I think the Bills have shown this year we have won ugly every single game but the team is five and one josh allen has continued to show that he's got it when it matters which as we all know is the polar opposite of tyrod taylor whoever's tweet that was shout out lars and for all i know is we're going to enjoy this victory like we always do it goes down in a w in the column and I'm going to go on my deck in 60-degree weather in Buffalo, New York, and enjoy a celebratory Labatt Blue. I love it. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a great note to end on. You send our love to, to Mrs. Day and Mr. Day. And any sorry, Mrs. Day. I'm sorry. Any other days that are there nice kid. At, at the Day Manor in Orchard Park, New York, this Sunday. And until next week, go Bills. Go Bills. Love you guys. Well, he's the hardest-working landlord in Chicago who lives in Milwaukee. He's Mr. Fix-It. It's Buffalo Bill Nichols. Yes, Fix-It. Got a win today, but it wasn't a pretty win. As Jeff so eloquently said, we do not win pretty. So there's plenty of stuff to fix, Bill. What you fixing about these Buffalo Bills? Oh, man. I mean, have we had a pretty win? No. Nope. That's what we're saying, that we don't win pretty. Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever, I guess. Do what, do what it takes. Um, sure beats. So, it sure beats losing, losing pretty. We yeah, we win ugly. We used to lose pretty. So I'll take the ugly wins. Well, it's all gonna come crashing down at some point. Uh, but, <laughs> but but that's all right. Might as well ride it while we can. Um, so I'm a little, I'm worried about this offense, man. Like uh, specifically Josh Allen's uh, arm and him not being able. To, I'm just getting tired of him not not hitting the deep balls. All right, LP, you guys stop at the street. Uh, sorry, I'm two on one here with uh, kids here, but uh, yeah, man. So you know, I mean, I'm tar- I'm I'm just kind of tired of making the excuses. Uh, and I and I know Jeff was texting. Yeah, well, he wins games and he you know makes the throws that he needs to, but yeah, that's against you know what competition. So if we're gonna be a real playoff team, we're gonna try and uh, make a push. He's got to make those throws. I mean, they're they're all game changers. Um, so I like I like his timing routes are good, um, you know he makes it, he does make some tough throws over the middle, threads the needle a little bit, but um, but you know overall you got to you got to hit some of those big plays in order to keep the defense honest and uh, you know that's that that's one of the biggest things. So is there not something to be said about winning in spite of that? Bubble stop. Because as you said, because as you said, those are game changers. Yeah, I mean, I think that brings up a good point is that, uh, you know, I think that's what he's working on, right? I think that, like, as a developmental QB, as a second-year player, all he's spending his time with is getting timing routes with Cole Beasley, getting timing routes back, uh, you know, comeback routes with John Brown, comeback, you know, or over the middle, you know, to the tight ends. Uh, and he's doing, doing a great job with some of those. Absolutely, Bill, you're right. I think it's not about that... He's not a quarterback if he can't do it, but I, I think it's about the fact that you have to take advantage of the opportunities when they're there, right? Yep. And I think that when, you know, you have to wonder, so what's going to happen? If people really feel that way, will they just sit on routes? Will they just take away the underneath right. stuff? Yeah. And then, then it opens up downfield, and yeah, he might catch, might miss some of them, but you don't need to hit all of them. You just have to hit the one that gets for a touchdown once in a while. Um, yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think that the second half of this season will 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 be really enlightening. In that, if he can hit the underneath passes, and we're beating teams that way, uh, people are going to start sitting on the underneath routes, and they're not going to do that. That little turn comeback route with John Brown is not going to be available. People are going to sit on his routes, and they're going to wait for him to do it. And as soon as he makes his break, they're going to try and pick it off. Um, no. But I actually don't know if it's that simple. But because he's so fast, right? Because it's cause hard. They, to, you have, have to, to you have to give him a cushion. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but 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 do they have to if they don't think he's ever going to hit the deep ball? 
Uh, so what's the, what? So they're just gonna stop running with him after 15 yards? No, no, no. They keep running with him, but they don't give him a cushion. They just keep All running. Right, guys. With him. I got. Yeah, so. I got to roll. I love you. All right, love you, Bill. Go Bills. Well, that's been the best segment we've ever done with Bill before. <laughs> so we were fixing. And we are been, fixing the deep ball. And we're fixing Bill's level of commitment. <laughs> um, no, but uh, oh, let's, let's just finish, let's, let's just finish Bill's segment. So well, Cassie, thing, what are you going to fix? But the thing that John Brown does do really well is that he 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 pulls defenders 15 yards down the field and then stops on a dime and comes back for the ball. And they have to stay with him, and they have to run at full speed because if he doesn't do that, he's going to blow past them. So the the so how, how do you defend it knowing that he's going to come back for the ball? You just stay and let him get two steps on you and get down the field. I, I don't see how that's a... Well, I think that's what happened with that that one play, right? That he that the, the receiver didn't give him a cushion. He just stayed with him the whole way, um, right? And he just kept going. And he was, yeah, he, he uh, John Brown obviously outran him, but Josh Allen didn't make the throw. But, I mean, that's that's very much Russian roulette. Almost got that one. That was close. Very much Russian roulette. The thing is, is I'm not worried about the long ball, right? If Josh Allen wasn't able to make the short completions or to, to Cole Beasley or John Brown or some of the stuff he's making in the tight ends, like that little touch pass today. Um, I the forget. T- how about who, the touch pass to Duke Williams? Yeah, Duke Williams. It, it, it was. And to McKen- uh, McKenzie. Yes, exactly. The little touch pass where he almost scored on. If he wasn't making those, I would have huge concerns. The fact that he's not making the long ball, yes, it'd be great. And yes, are they, you know, momentum changing plays? I think we'll get there, but keep doing the things that are in front of them. Keep doing the, the the accuracy plays is what we all thought Josh Allen was gonna have a hard time with, but he's proving us wrong there. Hey, you know what? If he keeps those uh, game-breaking, momentum-changing plays under his hat until the division round of the playoffs, I'm fine with it. Let's leave it at that note. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the wild card! This is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills. We do so drinking beer. I can't drink beer again, so I'm having a cider. Off to you guys. Just so you guys know that whenever Bill or whenever Lars is to order, he's like, I'll take the cider. Like, he is just I'm defeated. Not, I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> um, so I, I do have some work that I have to do. So I had one beer, Lake Effect Snow... Good shit. Uh, I'm not drinking either uh, because I'm working, but uh, I will say that uh, if I were to drink, there's three things on the menu that sound amazing. So first of all, I think we've talked about this before, the Three Floyds Brewdew. It's a wet hopped IPA. Um, Someone got it, and it's nice and clear, and I'm all about making IPAs clear again. Uh, So that sounds great, and it's all about piney and West Coast style. But then Solemn Oath here uh, from Naperville, Illinois, uh, suburb of Chicago, they have two Viking beers that are new. Apparently, like, the original Viking beer was called Kidnapped by Vikings. But they now have one that's an imperial IPA that's called Ravaged by Vikings. And then a, a Northeast IPA, a hazy IPA, which you know I hate, um, it was just called Avenged by Vikings. But I do like the idea of a, a woman turning to me and just saying, I would like to be ravaged by Vikings. Anyways, moving on. That's what I would drink. Uh, But uh, let's talk a little bit about the wild card. So let me let me go. Let me talk. So uh, you guys made an observation, or at least you guys had an opportunity to make an observation. Cassie uh, at least said it aloud. Uh, And I don't know what the deal is with Billy's boy up there in in Milwaukee. I'm sure it's similar. Him and Henrik are about three weeks apart. But Henrik was here today for the first part of the game. He's in his Bills shirt. He's been talking about the Bills party all week. And uh, so we brought him. Apparently, he was uh, a little, a little slow taking to the nap today, but eventually got down. So that's good. He, he was perfectly choreographed during the shout song. That's what I wanted to get to. So yeah, perfectly choreographed during the shout song because he loves listening to the shout song. We play it at home a lot, um, and and it got to the point where before we, in the last couple of days, were doing the streak of playing the song. Like when I'd be changing him or whatever, he'd be like singing the. Buffalo's happen now. They're on the move now. Like that part of the shout song, and and part of me was like, "How did you pick up on that?" That's part the of lyric. That's, you know, that's the like, lyric. I mean, he knows he knows it about as well as he could. And then the last couple of days, we've been listening to it a lot. So he gets all the shouts, the hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. He's he's all on it. He'll just randomly shout, "Let's go Buffalo!" And then every eight days or so, we'll say, "Let's go Josh Allen." So 
this is all a roundabout way of saying we have a Bills fan on our hands in my two-year-old son. And I, and I don't know if this is going to continue at this pace, but... It is. Chances are it, it will. Is. And uh, what does that mean? Because, Suge, the way you framed it up before, and I, and I, wanted, I want you to get it, set the table here for us, I often think of these guys who follow multiple teams. Or, for their fantasy. Or, 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 or are in different fantasy leagues. Or, or, or they at least have like a favorite NBA team, favorite MLB team, favorite college team, favorite hockey team, favorite NFL team. And I often find myself wondering, how is this possible? Yeah. How, one, do you have the amount of time it yeah. takes to follow a team the way I follow the Bills? And how do you have space in your heart and still manage human interaction on a daily basis that you can do this? Yeah. So I was watching the ALCS last night, and I grew up in New York, and I've always been a Yankees fan. My family's all Rochester, Yankees fan. Rochester, New York. Yeah, so not upstate. Or sorry, sorry not uh, New York State, but or New York City. Uh, but the point is, is that I was watching it, and I hadn't really followed them this season. You know, I, I, I you know, check out, hey, where are they in the standings? That's great. You know, I'm not a, I can't say I'm a Yankees fan, but I, if I were a fan of any baseball team, it's of the Yankees. And I realized that's what a casual fan is. And I watched them in the ALCS, the game that would lead them potentially to the World Series. If they won that, they would have to play Game 7 or whatever. But it would eliminate them from the World Series if they lost. And there I am in the top of the eighth, and I get into it. And, you know, they score a two-run home run and tie it up. And I sh- throw my hands up in the air. And I'm like, yeah, they got it. It's out of here. It's out of here. And Aaron Judge is up next, and I'm super into it. And then, you know, he strikes out, but... And they don't score anything in the top of the ninth, and then sure enough, at the bottom of the ninth, uh, you know, the Astros score a, a home run, and and it's all over. And I was like, oh, darn. Not something that Jeff Day's mom would not approve of, but darn. And I just realized, like, and then I went on about my day. I was like, oh, shit, I got to get ready for bed. I got to work in the morning. You know? That's what a normal fan does. Sometimes I want that with the Bills. Sometimes I wish I had that at the Bills. I wish, and that's the point. If the Bills lose in the AFC Championship game after tying up the game. I'm calling off work through Thursday. I'm going to slit my wrists. (laughs) There's, like... Y'all better put me into an institution. Draw a bath, Jackie. I'm going away for a few days. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for the world. I'm not ready for life. And... So Lars and I were like, is this just a football thing? Like, is it just football teams? And we did talk about the fact that, hey, there's only 16 football games, and they're once a week. So, you know, hockey has 82 games and, and it's all that. But there's also something about being a fan of a team that you are just so intensely in tune and, and, and emotionally attached to and spiritually attached to. It's more than just emotion. Can I, like, can I offer another explanation? Yeah. What? The, the other thing about the Bills, unlike – Say the Yankees, which is they like don't, yeah, they're with, not with they're not the dynasty extreme version of this across all professional sports. In fact, but even if we weren't talking specifically about the Yankees, th- what's unique about the Bills is that we haven't had a taste. Yeah, since we had a big taste back in the early '90s, but we haven't really had a taste. And and in that drought, you might call it. We've been mediocre, which means, like, they've taken the eyedropper right up to the tip of our tongue and right as ready they take it away again. You mean seven to nine? Yeah. We, we, we seven haven't to been, nine to nine and seven? seven we nine haven't been seven, bad. Seven, nine, 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 it, it hasn't been not worth watching. They've been just good enough to capture our interest, but not good enough that they actually do anything for so long that we are just, like, I mean, I'll just say it. We have we have the blue balls of fandom, because yeah. we we haven't yeah. had a, we haven't had that like that m- monumental release to say like, oh, this is what it's like to be. And part of me, and we, we had, got a little a little taste of it. We the, did, but we had this conversation I think last year, or the year before, about like how does what does the trajectory of our fandom look like after we finally win the Super Bowl? Does a lot of this intensity go away? Because now that we've finally seen the top of the mountain, it's not—it's not like it's not this thing that we are just like clamoring for. And I—and this is depressing. And I actually probably am a fan of one of the teams that is the 
exact definition of that yes. is being a Cubs fan. Good, yes. Right? And it is. It, it's kind of dampened, you know, the, the fandom's weaned a little bit. Yeah. Because we've done it. We've gone to the top. We, we got over the 108 years, right? I've done been to the mountaintop. I, I even right now, like the fact that we're five and one and winning and all this stuff, and it, it's great, and I love watching this, and I love winning. But also part of the love and the anxiety and the hurt and the emotional stress that's brought on is, is enjoyable, right? Being enraptured in a game in like, wow. oh, I think we have a chance to win this one, where we all kind of like walked in today and we're like, all right, I think we're going to win. I just was missing that kind of that emotional excitement in today's game. And I actually was kind of excited when it got a little, you know, touch and go there for uh, a moment because it, it brought back a little bit of that excitement rather than just it being like a flat out like, oh, we killed them. Let me, let me get a little piece of that because the girl said enraptured. Okay. That no team fan uses the word enraptured but a Bills fan. Okay. I mean, most Bills fans don't know what enraptured means. But the people that do, they think no it's something Jesus does. We're talking, yeah, exactly. But I mean, that is this is my religion. This is what. So I do think that, like you know, there is something to one. Even when the Bills were great, right? They always played bad teams down. They always played down to bad teams. They always made it exciting. The Bills were just fun to watch. Period. Even when they were awesome. Even when they w- pulled it out in the end, uh, the Bills were always fun to watch. But I think that now, now it's a badge, right? Now it's a, a, a badge of honor in that, you know, us loving this team is about loyalty, is about your hometown, is about all the things that, you know, I'm a loyal person. I love my family. I love my wife. I love my kids, you know, and all that other stuff. And no matter what, you are not a badge to sure that I'm a Bills fan, you know? Like, they've been bad, bad or not great for a long time, but I will stay with them because that's my team. That's my people. You know, that's my family. That's my Bills Mafia, right? I mean, you talk to, and I always wonder, like, is it just, like, you know, proximity bias and we think that we're the greatest fans because I'm not paying attention to the 31 other teams and what their fan base is like. But you hear free agents say it. And you hear players who have played for several other teams say it, that when they come to Buffalo, they're like, oh, like, I heard heard things and I, I I thought that it was kind of a myth, you know, Bills Mafia. Then I got here and, wow, it's for real. Like this, this town, this, this, these fans, the stadium on game day, like this is lit. It's different. Yeah. Yeah, and I just, I mean, I use this on, it's on my resume, right? And I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Mine too. And I do a podcast. But um, what I think that it tells about you, right, as a person, like Suji, what you're getting to is like, dude, I, I'm, I'm there through, through thick and thin. I'm a passionate yeah. Yeah. person. I have conviction in what I believe, and I'm going to stick through it, and I'm going to persevere. And I think that, like, you know, it's been asked of me, of like, really, you're a Bills fan? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's hard. It's not easy to be a Bills fan, but I'm proud of it. I will do it for the rest of my life. I had a quasi kind of phone interviewee conversation on Friday with a guy in Buffalo. More on that in a couple weeks. Lars? Um, I know. But he said something like, Oh, you might be moving back to Buffalo just as the Bills and the Sabres are good now. We suffered all these years. Now you get to come home in the glory years. And I, and I stopped short of saying, hey, man, <laughs> yeah. I suffered, suffered too. too. <laughs> and in fact, I suffered in a place where I didn't have to suffer. I suffered in Chicago where I had plenty of other options. I had a lot of different ways to spend hours of my Sunday every goddamn Sunday since 2006. Believe me, pal. I've suffered. And, and the thing is, like, you suffered and commiserated with other people. We suffer in silence. We suffer alone here. That's right. Outside of Lincoln Station, we are alone. We suffer in the face of Bears fans. We suffer in the face of Cubs fans. Now, God bless you for being one of them. But we don't get to, yeah, yeah, maybe you suffer with, with a crowd, but misery loves company. And here, we're alone. The suffering is real. Hey, but you know what? You know what? You know what I'm not suffering right now? A five and one, one start. Team, yeah. A five and one start, and we've got two home games left, and we should win at Guys, least one of them. We talked about six and three. Six and three is the goal, right? Six and three is the thing we have never done, and we are going to do it. There's We're doing no it. question. We're doing it. We're doing it this year, and it's happening. We're going to the playoffs this year. Hell yeah. Josh Allen is just good Hell enough. Hell yeah. This defense is keeping us every game. Go. It's happening.
The second half of the season we always said was going to be the tougher half of the season, but a lot of stuff has changed with the uh, with Pittsburgh, with injuries and all that other stuff. Uh, it's not in our bag yet. We, we, me and Cassie will definitely never count our chickens before we're hatched. But, uh, but man, it's exciting. And this team, this team is something special this year. This is not – when have we ever had faith in our quarterback to bring us back? Shit. we got another fourth quarter comeback today. Let's go. Find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell everybody how you found this. Yep. Shout Another shout-out to Amber and Scott from Omaha. Thank you, guys. Safe travels back. I'm sure you're listening to this on the plane or wherever. Thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you to everybody for being a listener, for interacting on social media. Um, we got lots of friends there. And thank you, Bills Mafia. Leave us a review. Five stars is preferable. A nice word or two is even better. Uh, but, yeah, until next week, you got the Eagles back at home. Let's go, go Bills. Go Bills. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. The Bills make me want to shout.